want to know what the biggest threat to your faith is? The, the kind of threat that can destroy your entire Christian walk? I'll get to that in a second. I want to start by telling you about the day I became a Christian, July 1st, 1985. At that moment, on that day, I felt a surge of joy that was incomprehensible. Nothing I had ever felt before. C.S. Lewis called it being surprised by joy. That irrepressible feeling of being brought back from the dead, free from sin, free from personal ambition. I ran and told anybody that I could. I told my parents, I told my sisters, I told my friends, I told strangers. I talked to anybody that would listen. I want you to imagine in the first century that the same thing happened to you. A childhood friend of yours named Epaphras came back to town after on a business trip in Ephesus where he met a man named the Apostle Paul who told him about Jesus. And he in turn told you about Jesus. And you came to believe and you had that irrepressible joy that could not be shaken. And you began to share your faith but unlike when I became a Christian in Christian America, where the entire culture is by and large used to Christianity, anywhere you look, you can find Christian bookstores, Christian radio stations, Christian television stations, churches, ministries, Jesus conferences, Jesus camps, Jesus missionaries. Jesus nonprofits, Jesus Frisbees. There's all kinds of things you can find in our culture about Jesus. But when you in the first century in ancient Turkey in this little town called Colossae became a Christian, no one had heard about Jesus. And as you began to share this joy with all of your friends, you immediately faced pushback. You faced pushback from your Jewish friends. They told you that there was only one God and Yahweh is his name. It's not Jesus. They told you about that great scripture verse in Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There can only be one God. This is another God you're telling us about. You were opposed by your Greek friends. Your Greek friends thought you were strange. You believed in Jesus and you only believed in that one God. The Greeks believed in many gods, just like my, your Hindu friends. Your Hindu friends believe in 33 million deities. What's more? What's one more? And your friends in the first century in ancient Turkey that engaged in what historians call the ancient mystery religion cults. People who engaged in secret ceremonies. They believed strange things. They were always looking for the mystical insight from the universe and they believed Jesus could provide them that insight. Later on in the book of Colossians, the apostle Paul rebukes those who worship angels. It's a part of this mystery religion idea. And so unlike us, if you were in the first century in Colossae, you were opposed. That's why the apostle Paul, when he shot off this letter to the Colossians, he told them, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. See to it that no one takes you captive 
through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. And so he shoots off this letter and in one of the most ancient and beautiful passages of the scripture that tells us who Jesus is, he tells us that if you are going to get your faith right and you're going to be able to withstand friends and family criticizing your faith, you have to get Jesus right. You have to understand who he is. And so listen to what the apostle Paul told the Colossians, who Jesus is and what he does. Paul told the Colossians, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning or, and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you, speaking to the Colossians, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. And then look what he says. This will happen if you continue in your faith, if you are established and firm, if you do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This, what he just said, is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. You want to know what the biggest threat to your faith in Jesus is? Not knowing who Jesus is. Every single time you have a conversation with someone that gives you pushback, if you don't know who Jesus is, what he has done and his place in the universe and how he relates to us, you are always going to have someone watching some TV show. There's always going to be some article around Easter time that is at the checkout line at Wegmans, there's always going to be some new thing coming out. But if you get Jesus right, you'll be able to withstand that. So what I'm going to do, like within minutes, quick, I'm going to throw out you from this passage, eight things that Paul says about Jesus. Number one, Jesus shows us what God is like and operates with God's authority. Verse 15 tells us the son is the image of the invisible God. In the Old Testament, when the language is used of being in the image of God, it means being someone who has equal authority with God. Um, those of you who are in a relationship with someone and you have a joint checking account, you have equal authority to spend that money. If you're here with that person, 
lean over to your spouse and, and ask them who takes advantage of that more, who uses that money more, who spends more. In the, in the ancient world, if you were made in the image of someone, you had that person's authority to act on their behalf. Second, Jesus created everything that we see and everything that we don't see. It says, in him, all things were created. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you believe the universe was created with a big bang? I do. It's consistent with scripture. Scientists tell us 4.5 million years ago, the world came into being. You want to know what existed before the Big Bang? Jesus did. Spoke the world in existence, Genesis 1 says. And Jesus did that. He wasn't a human being. He was the image of God, using the authority of God, speaking the world into existence. Number three, we were created for Jesus. Lisa and I have uh, an ongoing argument. Now, I want you to notice that the scripture verse in 16 says, all things have been created through him and for him. The argument that Lisa has is, who gets to snuggle with Meadow before bed? And uh, if you don't know, if you're new, uh, for the longest time, I wanted a golden retriever and Lisa wouldn't let me get one. So I went to her Instagram account and followed, no joke, about 30 Instagram accounts of golden retrievers. And since she didn't know how to unfollow them, she just had this constant feed of golden retriever puppies. And so eventually she relented and uh, God healed her heart and we got Meadow. And Meadow is just the sweetest dog. She's a, a year old and she truly is. She could be a therapy dog. Little kids will come up and hug her and poke her in the eye and that sort of thing. She's so incredibly gentle. They'll come up and hug her. And so at night, honestly, if you're kind of tired, it just feels great to snuggle up with Meadow. We have this ongoing argument and Lisa always grabs her first. Lisa will always say, I had a tough day. I get Meadow first. And then she'll hold on to her and I'll say, who bought Meadow? Who is Meadow for? Is Meadow for you or is Meadow for me? You are for Jesus. He created you for him. He created you with this unique personality and perspective and way of thinking. Like we have these signs all over outside. It says you matter to God and you matter to Jesus because he made you. He wakes up in the morning with you and takes great delight in you. He's there when you struggle. He's there when you have a victory. He just loves you. He just loves you. You're created for him. Number four, Jesus eternally existed with and as God before he was born to Mary. He is before all things. A lot of things, Jesus came into existence when he was born of the Virgin Mary. He was pre-existent before that. Number five, Jesus is the head of the church. A lot of people... And I, I just really don't want you to do this. A lot of, like, you'll be out in the community, you know, Brian Jones's church or something like that. And I understand why some people might say that very quickly. Like if you're talking about Saddleback Valley Community Church, oh, that's Rick Warren's church. And, and I get that. I, it's an easy way to quickly talk about the church. But I would want to ask you not to do that. 
this is not my church. Yes, I facilitated the birth of this church, but it was, it's Jesus's church beforehand and it's Jesus's church now. I am a servant alongside of you with equal spiritual value, just like you. We are peers together serving Jesus. I just have the gift of leadership and the gift of teaching. That's how I serve. But we are peers together. Does everybody understand that? Okay. Um, Now, I do not want you to put me on a pedestal unless you have Eagles tickets. I want the tickets. Come on. I want the tickets. Get me the tickets. Other than that, we're peers. Number six, Jesus was the first one raised from the dead. And this is important. For those of you nearing the end of your life, you old geezers, for those of you who might be in the middle of a physical struggle right now, and you're like, man, I have fewer years ahead than I had behind. He was raised from the dead, and it's proof that you're going to be raised from the dead. That's why Paul was adamant with the Corinthians. You can't say that Jesus wasn't actually physically raised from the dead because if he wasn't raised from the dead, you're not going to be raised from the dead and you're dead and you have no hope. But Jesus was the firstborn of the dead. Number seven, Jesus has all of God's power available to him. It says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Theologians talk about how God has omnipotence, which means he's all powerful. He's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere at once. And he's omniscient, which means that he knows all things. Jesus is the same way. Jesus is God as Christians say. The Trinity is father, son, Holy spirit, equal persons, one God, three expressions. And finally, number eight, Jesus died to open up the way for people to find their way back to God. You want to know the difference? If I'm in the first century and you're a Greek and you have these Greek deities, I would ask, what have these gods ever done for you? These Greek deities are up there on the top of Mount Olympus and they want nothing to do with human beings. God became a human being to help us. What have any of these Hindu deities done for you? Nothing. And you go straight down the line. Every religion, every philosophy, every thought about how the world works. Jesus is above everything. Above them all. And so God, Jesus, saw our pain and died on the cross for us. In church history, in the 4th century A.D., Constantine, the emperor, made Christianity legal. And before that, there were terrible persecutions. He wanted to bring together all of the pastors from all over the known world. And he brought them together in a little northern Turkish town called Nicaea. And he assembled for the very first time what is called the Nicaean Council, named after the town of Nicaea in northern Turkey. Of the 318 pastors that attended, all but 12 had either lost an eye, had lost a hand, had a mangled leg, 
or was lame in some way because they were tortured for their faith. They came together and as a show of unity, created a statement of what they believed about Jesus based on what the apostle Paul and other scriptures said about Jesus. We call it the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the father, the almighty maker of heaven and earth of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in the one Lord Jesus Christ, the only son of God, eternally begotten of the father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the father. Through him, all things were made for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living of the dead and his kingdom will have no end. And so I ask you, do you know what the biggest threat to your faith is? The biggest threat to your faith is not knowing who Jesus is. But do you want to know who who the biggest threat is for the world? Who the biggest threat is for the rulers, the authorities, the principality and powers? You want to know who the biggest threat is for the devil, for our enemy? It is the disciples of Jesus that knows who his Lord is, is willing to die for him. That person, that woman, that man change the world. Let's pray. We're so thankful, God, that you lead our church, that you are the one that we worship. You are the one that we look to. You are the one that sustains us and you are the one that carries us through this life and beyond. And it is to you understanding who you are and what you have done for us that we stand. We pray in Jesus name. Thanks for listening to Brian Jones Sermons. For more information and to find similar articles on this topic and more, please go to Brian's website at brianjones.com.